Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecallendershow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. All right, so let me start off with um, some emails that I've got uh, that have accumulated uh, over the course of the uh, three hours here. Uh, Let's start here with Bob's. He says, Bob, or he says, Pete, uh, Joe's in 2018, Joe's not in office, so the defense will be no harm, no foul. Yeah, maybe so. Um, I don't know. Like, it's hard to know where all of these different tracks will take them because, you know, we don't know what we don't know. but there's just there you don't run 20 something shell companies or 20 companies 20 LLCs you don't have the all of these LLCs and just move money between them for any other reason like you're you're taking one chunk of like 40k you 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 move it from one LLC to the other you take that 40k out you send it to another LLC you take it and you send it to another one then you write a personal check to your niece or something there's no reason to do that Unless you're trying to mask where the money is coming and going from and the original source of it. And we know this, by the way, because the Hunter Biden laptop had emails and messages on it where he said, we have run it through so many uh, uh, companies, it'll take them a decade to unwind it. We know this. Okay, so uh, next up is Stan, who says... Uh, Big Tobacco, how is it that the left has a problem with Big Tobacco, but Big Weed in the form of the Mexican drug cartels is just fine? Um, Well, because uh, they like getting high. That's it. That's, I mean, that's it. That's, look, I mean, I I have been a longtime proponent of decriminalization uh, of marijuana. I do recognize now, though, that over the last 30 years, it has gotten to be more potent. Um, But... I, I don't. I mean, I just think you create black markets, and in doing so, uh, you end up with the criminal element that uh, that goes with black markets. Um, Joe's corrupt. This is from Bob. Joe's corruption story goes nowhere because too many other DC hogs, both Republican and Democrat, are rooting in the same public slop trough. And uh, yes, Pete, please leave the math out of it, as you don't want to be accused of being racist. It's true. Nowadays, I think that is racist. Um, What else here? Dennis says, Pete, I just want to say many thanks for what you bring us, quote, deplorables and others in your listening audience. I will miss tuning in to you till your return. Merry Christmas to you. And did you hear what Kamala's response was when asked what she thought about the Houthis? She replied she wasn't worried about them since they had left the blowfish. The Hooties left the blow. Well, there was only one Hootie. And okay. Happy New Year, everyone. Thank you, Dennis. Appreciate it. Merry Christmas to you as well. Um, I think, let me see. I, I may have, hang on one second. Let me check and make sure I don't have any other. I do have another message. The only reason, this is from Russ, who says the only reason the Bidens made deals with such disreputable people was that the mob probably thought they were too corrupt and slimy for them. That's, like when the mafia is like, no, we don't want any 
part of it. <laughs> um, all right. Apparently, uh, there is another sex tape from Capitol Hill. Yeah. I haven't, I have not covered this story over the last week. I mean, there were some other things that, you know, came up that were way more important, I thought. Um, but now we have another tape. Um, and, uh, I have watched it like seven, eight hundred times trying to identify the individuals in the. <laughs> no, I don't. No, I haven't seen. I have not watched any of these tapes. I do. I have no desire to watch any of these tapes that have come out. Um, the high profile Senate sex scandal that rocked Washington, D.C. this month was, in fact, the second time in less than two years that sexually explicit videos filmed in the u.s capitol prompted an investigation a spokesperson for congressman dan newhouse he's a republican from washington state confirmed that reports of purported unbecoming behavior is what they call it purported unbecoming behavior um or i guess that was so a pub or a pub uh, by a senior staffer in their office triggered an investigation last year. They added that no conclusive evidence was found. Okay? They, I mean, aside from the video, I guess. The staffer, this is according to a report at semaphore.com, they are not naming the staffer, denied he participated in the videos and disputed elements of the office's characterization of the episode in a telephone interview and in a series of text messages as well. He said he was informed of of an investigation in June of 2022, but he was told by the congressman himself in July that the probe had ended with no evidence to the allegation. I mean, aside from the video. He said then he left in the fall of 2022 on good terms for unrelated reasons so he could take a job outside of Washington, D.C., and the congressman even praised his work in the uh, in the press release and stuff, announcing his hire. Uh, one thing that is clear, however, there is, in fact, a second set of Capitol sex videos, which circulated on Snapchat last year. I'm not going to describe the acts, no. Yeah, I mean, you can go find it if you want to. I would recommend not doing these types of keyword searches on your office computer, but you do you. Okay? Um, so now this takes us back to the uh, the first sex tape. Um, and this was... Uh, this led to the firing of a staffer out of Maryland Senator Ben Cardin's office. Now, keep in mind, Ben Cardin has already announced he's not going to run for re-election. He's retiring. Um, so, like, yeah, so, I mean, I don't know what that means. Did he know, did he know this was going to come out or something? I, I, I don't think so. But people are trying to, you know, like, make certain connections there. I don't have any evidence. I haven't seen any evidence of that. All I can tell you is that he had previously announced several months ago that he was retiring. Um, this took place, uh, the, uh, the, the gay sex occurred uh, in the Hart Senate Office building. That is Hart. H-A-R-T. Senate office building. Um, that And everybody's like, oh my gosh, this is such an important room. This is where Supreme Court nominees 
uh, uh, you know, undergo their questioning from the uh, the senators. The 9-11 commission meetings were there. Um, James Comey's blockbuster 27, uh, 2017 testimony on Donald Trump was done there. Okay, so this is like a very, very important room. U.S. Capitol Police did not respond to an email uh, asking whether an investigation was underway. According to Politico, I believe it was Politico that um, that broke the news. Oh, no, sorry, it was Daily Caller. The Daily Caller broke the news, right, because um, then there was a whole bunch of seizing and pouncing by Republicans on the story. Um, and it led to the firing of this congressional aide, who was apparently in the gay sex tape. Um, the guy's name is uh, Aiden Mace Chiropsky. Aiden, 24 years old, let go from his job by May- uh, Maryland Senator Ben Cardin. It uh, came less than a day after the video showing two men having sex in a Senate room was exposed. Their identities uh, were, uh, were not revealed at that time. But Aiden went on to his LinkedIn page and kind of admitted it was him. He said, this has been a difficult time for me as I have been attacked for who I love to pursue a political agenda. Um, hmm, wait, uh, hang on. Were you attacked? Were you attacked for who you love? Or were you attacked for having the sex uh, in the meeting room? Because I think it was the sex in the meeting room. I think that's what people were like, what are you doing? Ew, why are you having sex on Amy Klobuchar's desk? Right? I think that was what got you in the trouble. I don't think it was the you loving the person. And I'm not even sure, like, are you in a relationship with this person? Because they haven't been identified, and they were the one that actually shot the video and uploaded it. So do you love them still? Did they gay porn, gay revenge porn you or something here? What? That's not why you got fired. But I do do note the attempt at uh, playing the victim card here. I'm not the only one to note it. (laughs) There were a lot of other people that pointed out, uh, dude, uh, just take responsibility for your actions. Um, There is one group, though, that is coming to his defense. The AFRU. I'd never heard of it either. This is an email from Tim. Pete, regarding having sex in a very important room um, where there have been hearings on Supreme Court and other high-profile positions, I hear... Very probing questions have been asked there. I surmise that there have been all sorts of other probing actions performed there, too. Well, that's the idea. Everybody's very upset about it because this is a very, very important room. And you don't do that. You don't commit acts of love, as uh, Aiden is calling it. Um, He says, I'm being attacked for who I love. And um, his LinkedIn profile post, before the entire profile, he deleted his whole profile. It got more than a thousand people commenting, including one one comment from a a Fortune 500 executive who is gay, who said, stop playing the homophobia card. Take personal responsibility for what you did. Um, The footage was allegedly shared in a private group for gay men in the political scene, and it reportedly appeared on a since-deleted account on Twitter. When news of this broke, former North Carolina Congressman Madison Cawthorn tweeted, quote, I told you. Which he did. (laughs) He did say that. (laughs) 
According to his LinkedIn profile, Aiden worked in uh, Ben Cardin's office, Senator Cardin's office, since October 21, 2021. And uh, he had previously been a field organizer for the Democrat Party in Virginia and as a climate researcher for a charity mm -hmm, called Friends of the Earth. He is being defended um, by the AFRU. The AFRU, or as I call it, the AFRU, um, they are funded by Google, the left-wing Ford Foundation, and the Kingdom of Norway. And they describe themselves as a black-led and black-owned startup that combines art and fashion with lifestyle commentary to create a strong social justice brand that is relevant to folks from all walks of life. So, I mean, well, obviously Norway would be funding this, right? I mean, they, there's so much overlap there. The AFRU posted under the headline, Fired for His Act of Love in the Senate. <laughs> I, I thought it was a joke. I, okay, hang on. When I read this, you're going to... This is not parody. I'm not kidding. This is totally serious defense, okay? So it's official. Um, they fired Aiden. Goaded by demagogic Republicans, the Capitol Police has now also opened an investigation. As Republicans pounce on, literally, that's what it says, as Republicans pounce on an opportunity to destroy young activist Aiden Mace Chorobsky, the discourse around the Senate hearing room love display <laughs> raises questions about the ongoing challenges faced by the LGBTQ community. Wait a minute. Is this a challenge? Is this, a, I mean, is it raising questions about the ongoing challenges faced by LGBTs? So what, it's a challenge to refrain from having the sex in a, in a congressional hearing room? That, like, this is the challenge? Really? I was unaware. And I, w I was. I didn't. I did not realize that apparently, if you are LGBTQ, that somehow or another, this means that it is a really difficult thing to not have the sex in the public meeting room. Did you know this? I did not know this. That's that must be difficult. Think about how many times you're out in public. I assume it's not. Well, okay. Now, hang on. That's a bad assumption. Hang on. Okay. Um. Maybe it's wrong for me to assume that it's anywhere in public. Maybe it's only in that room. Like there's something about that room that that's the challenge is to avoid having the sex in that room. Or maybe it's the Capitol. Could be any room in the Capitol. Maybe it's just the Senate side. I don't know. I need more information on this. An eight-second clip featuring two men embracing each other in love. Okay, that's not what they were doing. Okay. They were not embracing. One of them was holding a camera. This is not, it's not embracing. Okay? One of the lovemaking men was Aiden. 
Um, we get it. It's the most important room in America. It was in this very room that Sonia Sotomayor herself had her confirmation hearing and won despite an entire oligarchy reorienting itself to wipe her out. <laughs> Wait, this is also where James Comey exposed the Russian interference in the 2016 elections to the chagrin of the treason party. <laughs> this is funded. This is funded by Google and Norway. <laughs> I mean, I expect this crap to be funded by the Ford Foundation, right? They fund all sorts of leftist garbage, right? So, sure. But, I mean, come on. Norway? But in a world built on hate, displays of love are inherently rebellious. Every Dude, you're in a public place. You're in, you're in a congressional hearing room. Why do you think you're entitled to have sex and film it in that room? What in, like I'm trying to understand the the I'm trying to understand the, the line of thinking here that says I should be able to have the sex anywhere I want just because it's the gay sex kind. What are you talking about? Somebody actually wrote this. Every second that Aiden and his partner made love in the halls of power was pregnant with poignant meaning. No, it wasn't. It's degeneracy, you idiots. It's degeneracy. And in a time when the LGBTQ community is under existential threat by white fragility, I mean, they're just clicking, I mean, they're hitting all the boxes here. They're checking every single box in the social justice warrior bingo card, right? My goodness. Uh, this has nothing to do with white for They're both white. The both of the dudes in the uh, lovemaking embrace. Uh, they're they're both white. This has nothing to do with white fragility. It has everything to do with a standard, a societal standard, and that standard is you don't have the sex in the congressional hearing rooms. Even if you're alone, that's not your room to to be doing the boinking. Okay. And if you get caught, you get fired. You should know the risks. I can't believe we have to say this. <laughs> Why do we? Oh, my gosh. We are an unserious, very stupid society. All right. Do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay. So what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply at carolinareadiness.com. Whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies even. Because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency. In Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com veteran-owned Carolina readiness supply will you be ready when the lights go out i have never heard of this organization before afru.com afru um they describe themselves as a black-led black-owned startup that combines art and fashion with lifestyle commentary to create a strong social justice brand that is relevant to folks from all walks of life they believe in the power of art to spark meaningful conversations as well as the other way of uh, other way around 
So I guess meaningful conversations to spark art. Um, and then they have some stuff here about trend-setting justice, uh, uh, transformational change, uh, equity, uh, core beliefs, motivating our work. And then they've got a list here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five. I mean, it's like thirty bullet points here. Core beliefs. The core beliefs motivating our work. Just as a heads up, when you have this many core beliefs that motivate your work, that's too many core beliefs. It's like this it it's like having it's like having thirty number one priorities. You can't. There's only one number one priority, right? I'm not gonna go through all of these. I just highlighted a couple of them for you. Uh, I think this one might be my favorite, though. Comes very early in the list. Subverting capitalist corporate culture. Subverting capitalist corporate culture and supporting black businesses. Developing and reveling in corporate blackness as an aesthetic and mode of being. So they see corporate blackness as different than capitalist corporate culture. I have no idea what any of that means. <laughs> I have no clue, except I guess they see capitalist as white or something, and that's bad. Disruption through creamy good writing. Never heard that use of the term before, but they say this creamy good writing that moves beyond author-reader power dynamics. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, now there's see this is what I mean to the leftists everything is an oppressor oppressed uh, lens and so everything in Marxism is power dynamics everything even writing and then reading so if I if I am writing something and you are reading something there is obviously some sort of a author reader power dynamic that we're supposed to move beyond. And then they say, writing that actually listens. Okay, writing cannot actually listen. It's writing. Now, if I read the writing out loud, somebody else could listen, or I could even listen to it myself as I read it out loud. But that's not how writing works generally. If you write something and send it to me, and I read it, your writing cannot actually listen. A couple more here. Uh, staying in one's own lane. As far as possible, realistically not always, but as far as possible, people depicted in story photography should be roughly on the same intersectionality axes as the author and or assigned editor. So what are they saying? What are they talking about there? Intersectionality axes. So if you are, let's say, a um, uh, straight white female, you are not allowed to author or photograph or be an editor on anything that is not about straight white female. And And now if you are, like let's say there is a uh, a straight black female that writes something, you would not still, you would not be able 
to, uh, I guess, be an editor on that because you would have to be on the same intersectionality axes. Although you check two of those axes. So I don't know. Do they cancel out the one axis that you're not? You got straight white black or a straight white female and a straight black female. So is there only one? There's only one axis that you're not aligned on. So does that mean now you get to edit for clarity and grammar and that sort of thing? Or does the race one trump the other two? I don't know. I don't know. That you see, yeah, I mean, like you get into hierarchies and stuff. We need to have, maybe do like a maybe do like a weighted point system. You know, like the colleges did to keep Asians from out uh, from uh, being overrepresented in the student population at colleges. Um, and then there was this one, Karen control. Karen control. This is again one of their core beliefs motivating their work. Karen control. So I guess no single white female. You or straight white female. You would not be able to have a straight white female do any kind of thing with your website, I assume. Because if you got Karen control, because that's right, Karen is that that's what that means, right? Is straight white female. Those are the Karen's, right? Totally not a racial term at all. But yeah, okay. Um and then this uh this last one. Self care and spoiling oneself is essential to collective transformative change and then there's a quote a tactic that drags on too long becomes a drag so that's all put together in one of their bullet points self-care and spoiling oneself is essential to collective transformative change so all right i got an idea everybody if you like me are uh anti-marxist anti-communist um i i think we i think we cracked the code here I think we now know how do we how do we put down this Marxist transformation? We have to now we have to prohibit self-care. We don't even have to. I mean, self-care and spoiling oneself. I'm not sure what the difference there is. Maybe the degree, not distinction of the self-care. I don't know. But if we just ban the self-care or we make it really, really hard then Marxists will not be able to collectively transform stuff because they say that's essential. Self-care is essential. And then this quote that they tack on, a tactic that drags on too long becomes a drag. Do you know what that is? You know where that comes from? That's Alinsky's rule number seven from Rules for Radicals. Mm -hmm. Verbatim. A tactic that drags on too long becomes a drag. That's who the AFRU is. They get funded by Google, the Ford Foundation, and the Kingdom of Norway. And they came out in defense of this Senate staffer that got fired for uh, for uh, being on the videotape, having the gay sex in the Hart Senate office building, in this hearing room. It was empty, but then they took the video and uploaded it. I think on to uh, Twitter, um, and then it was also in some sort of a, a group for uh, gay politicos in the D.C. area. I don't know if they sw- uh, swap a whole bunch of these types of videos or something. I don't know. Um, they say, in a time when the LGBT community is under existential threat by white fragility feeling threatened, Open displays of LGBTQ culture are necessarily brave. Okay, so hang on a second now. So are you saying that having the sex in the hearing room, like that's part of LGBTQ culture? 
Is that what you're saying? I mean, I think I'm going to need some clarification on this. Like, this is, this is part of the LGBTQ culture, is to have sex in public places where straight people would not or would be punished. Because if this was a straight couple that did this, they too would be fired, right? They would have been fired as well. They go on to say, in some ways, Aiden's act mirrored that of Anne Frank. Yeah, we're just going to let that one breathe a little bit. Just, yeah, just let the, just let the dumbassery just, oh, just wash all over you. The Zone of Dumbassery. The name of the website is called AFRU. It is funded by Google, Ford Foundation, and the Kingdom of Norway, and it is uh, intersectional Marxism in all of its stupidity. Um, They came out in uh, defense of the staffer that got fired for having the sex in the Hart Senate office room, the hearing room, where uh, they have the uh, they had the 9/11 Commission report. They have all of the nominees for the Supreme Court attend, and apparently, according to the video, they were able to uh, triangulate uh, where uh, the sexing was happening, and uh, it was at the seat of Amy Klobuchar. Well, not it wasn't at her seat. It was really on her desk. It was on her part of the desk at that corner right there, like right on top. Anyway, um, so th- this is an unsigned piece at AFRU. It's just done by, quote, staff, no pun intended, and um, they come out in defense of the staffer who they say is being, you know, attacked, as he claimed, because of who he loves. And they keep referring to the sex as uh, just embracing each other in love, or the love making, or a public display of affection. And like, no, no, this is this is sex, and you're having it in a public place, and nobody's allowed to do that. And then they start making some claims that, if true, make me wonder what exactly is the culture of the LGBTQ, uh, because it says that it, these are open displays of the culture that are necessarily brave. So so having gay sex in public is necessarily brave because it's part of the culture? So public sex... Do you realize how long uh, LGBT activists have tried to tamp down the notion <laughs> that this isn't deviancy, right? Like that they're ju- they just love who they love. They want to be treated like everybody else, right? And... And now you're now you're telling me that there is a that there is a culture here and that we're all supposed to what validate your fetishes or your kink that everybody is supposed to accept like your I, I guess I guess that you are saying that right with the cartoon depictions of the sex you want to put into the K uh, through five libraries and such maybe this is who am I to say right um yeah, they uh, they write that um, Aiden's act of having the sex mirrored that of Anne Frank, who dared to express her honest thoughts and feelings even as she hid from rabid insurrectionist-style death squads. 
<laughs> this is what I mean. When you see everything through the prism of Trump, oh my gosh, this is so boring to me. Why would you? Why would you frame it like we know why? This has got to be AI. You know what? Actually, you know, yeah, this has got to be AI generated. There's there is no way somebody can write something this stupid. This has to be AI with poor programming. Keith, welcome to the program. Hello, Keith. How you doing, Pete? Hey, I'm good. What's going on? Do you remember the episode of Seinfeld where George Costanza got fired for having <laughs> sex on the desk with the cleaning lady? <laughs> yes, I do. do what was reaction? I, was I was I not supposed to do that? Is that not allowed? <laughs> you know, I've been through the employee manual pretty closely. I don't remember seeing that anywhere. You know, I've. <laughs> Was that wrong? All right, was that wrong? That's right. That is it. This is it. We are in a... This is Seinfeldian. It really is. Oh, my gosh. What a great reference. Keith, I appreciate it, man. Hey, let me ask you yeah. something real quick. You referenced uh, a statistic on the death rate and excess death rate in Sweden as opposed to the United States a couple days ago, 4% against 19%. Where was that? What was the reference? Where were uh, I would have to... I don't remember. I post all of my show prep... Uh, per week uh, over at a Patreon page. Um, it's free, um, so you can access it. Anybody can access the show prep. It's over. So if you go to patreon.com slash Pete Callender, you'll find the, the prep. And so I don't remember, because I, 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 I put it all there, and then I delete it on a weekly basis from my own file. Uh, but it all lives forever on that Patreon page. So I don't remember where it exactly came from, but the links are all uh, at that Patreon page. Happy Festivus. All right, you too. <laughs> yeah. No, and I mean, like for real, it's free. You don't have to pay to get the, the prep. So be clear about that. Um, Russ says, uh, for the activist LGBTQ crowd, not the majority, but for the activists, why is it always an attack on who they are to say, hey, no, you, you shouldn't have sex in your workplace or you know, expose or groom, sexualize the children, you know. Uh, I'm pretty sure those have been long agreed to standards, regardless of orientation or preference. Can you imagine any straight, non-Democrat staffer being so vocally defended? And then he says, you have abused me with this host-listener power dynamic. My apologies. And uh, Melissa would very much like to see a Venn diagram, uh, I guess, off of the... uh, the intersectionality <laughs> axes. <laughs> well, can you do Venn diagrams? Because those are circles. Can you do Venn diagrams of the intersectional axes that AFRU abides? Um, to, to, to do the, dis, uh, the dismissal of Aiden has sparked a familiar conversation, they say, about the boundaries of personal expression and the repercussions faced by those who challenge the status quo. So the status quo being no no sex in the public places, <laughs> at the workplace, right? That's, that's the standard we're trying to blow up here. I just want to make sure. But because Aiden is from the LGBTQ community, we could stand to lose so much more than money, reputation, or career. Or he could stand to lose so much more than that. Wait, because because he's a gay man having gay sex at the workplace in the in the people's house, 
that he he he's at a greater risk to suffer even more? I mean, he got fired. Anybody else would have been fired too. I would submit they'd have been fired earlier. In fact, there's a story about how he got promoted, even though his boss at the senator's office, the chief of staff or whatever, they were like, "That's not a pun either." They were they were they were like, "Dude." Your social media, you got to stop making all these references to wanting to sleep with people or suck on guys' fingers and stuff, which he was doing on his social media. And they're like, we're totally promoting you, but you got to stop that. I had the same conversation. No, I'm kidding. All right. uh, I'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.